All right, here we go. Guys, uh, fourth episode of the Bracketing Podcast. I am here with Sam Anderson of the Quaker City Nighthawks. Hola. Hey, man. All right. This is this is the peak. <laughs> peaked already. Uh, I ran into you. I crowd you to get you to do the podcast. And uh, I, I got to find more popular people after this. But uh, That should be pretty easy. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> not everyone's been on Sons of Anarchy in song form. In song form. Uh, We've had people ask, like, so is how, how is, how is it, like, How's Ron Perlman? I was, like, I, was like, I was like, we didn't perform it on the show. We, we sent him a wave file. It's like, not like they were fighting at a bar and we're yeah. playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. We would have talked a lot about that yeah. and shown pictures. That's, that's not how that works. We would have like, taken yeah. photos with everybody yeah. and Katie Seagal. So it's all done strictly over email. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, no Cheers. problem. So, Cheers. I'm glad I uh, eventually found you and cornered you and got you to commit yeah. to this. Uh, so basically... Uh, the whole point of this is for me to talk to all the interesting people I've gotten to know over the years, yeah. but more in depth, because uh, when you don't put microphones and headphones in the equation, it's just like, oh, you just want to hang out for a while? <laughs> but like, we kind of see each other casually. Can yeah. that just be it? Yeah. I'm just like, no, no, no. Uh, if I buy the equipment and put it up on the internet, yep. then you're like, now oh, it's cool. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it can maybe be a business one day. Yeah, there you go. Instead of being outside on the patio... Maybe one day it can be one of those big podcasts that people pay a lot of money to go see. Have, have your own studio and everything. We can be inside the post and the, on the stage. We are uh, right tickets, now. We know. are at the post. The what? post. Uh, this is the post out here in Fort Worth. Is this on, kind of uh, new? Yeah, this is uh, all pretty new. Um, this whole area is kind of new. But um, I guess the area is not new. The things here in this area are new. Uh, so I, I grew East up like Fort Worth. Yeah, that's like... Yeah. Which has like a connotation to it. In between like Riverside and Haltom City, and I grew up in Haltom City. I used to ride bikes around here when I was a okay. kid. So that was I was going to ask that. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. The good baseball card shop was just across across uh, 121 in in Riverside. So we okay. ride ride bikes over there. We had a Lone Star Comics in Irving yeah. where I grew up, and that was uh, the baseball. I was thinking about the baseball cards. I still have two full binders at home. I, I found mine recently. Really? Uh, in a move, and I was like, oh my goodness, these what, are probably what, worth nothing. What were like, the most? What were the like the big the years that you kind of? That was like uh, probably from like '89 to like mid '90s, whenever Same. I was like yeah. a kid. So that was uh, how old are you? Bunch of, uh, I'm 36. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was a bunch of like yeah, we're the same age. Okay. Nolan Ryan cards oh, and yeah. a lot of. Julio Franco, Juan Gonzalez, Pud Rodriguez era. Oh yeah, Rangers, I have a so. I have a rookie Pud Rodriguez card signed because he was he was at an incredible universe wherever the fuck that was. Yeah, I I want to say maybe it was where Northeast like around Northeast Mall. That area. sounds right. And I was with like the first friend I ever had. I was with his him and his parents like took us there because there's like the signing. And Pudge was just the best. He's the best catcher ever. But. We, yeah. My dad and I, I caught Pudge Rodriguez's 300th home run. Damn. And, 300, 100th. I don't remember. I think 300th by that point because it was at the new, it was at the oh, okay. temple. And he wanted it back after the game, obviously, mm. and was like prepared to deal. And like, I was just like, yeah, you can have the ball for sure. But they're like, well, you, you can come back there and meet him. And he gave us a, a ball signed by all the Rangers. And then he signed a ball and gave it to us. So That's like, that's I probably could have bargained for more, but I was just like he's probably he was like my favorite awesome ranger guy, at that time. But so. that's so good to hear. Yeah, yeah, he's 
He's so good. I'm so glad he won a World Series eventually. Absolutely. I kind of with like, the Marlins though. That like does it even count? Yeah. <laughs> They, I don't know, that was just the weirdest thing. And it's kind of like dismantled the team. It's kind of like professional sports wanted a memory hole in Marlins World Series. Because <laughs> they're like, we didn't, we don't make expansion teams to do this. One one little blip in the uh, system there. Yeah. Like, we, we like the Diamondbacks because it had, uh, you know, Kurt Schilling and uh, Randy Johnson. Yeah. All right, cool. And they beat the Yankees. Like, what did y'all do? It's like, hey, we beat the Yankees too. Yeah. But, and then we sold every single person on our team. Yeah. So. And then they did it again. Yeah. Well, oh, I got to turn off. A little bit later. Okay, quick. Sorry for the interruption. Uh, hotel. <laughs> they don't know there's an interruption. I pressed pause. God, okay. <laughs> and that's how the Marlins won the World Series. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I did, uh, for anybody that's like, what the fuck happened? I had to press pause. Was, uh, tonight, uh, JT Haversett and Eddie Pepitone are at Maine Southside. I got them hotel rooms. And they had a call because uh, with all the technology in the world, we still have to call people and answer emails and what are they uh, punching in at Hotel Concierge whenever you check in? I don't like, know. Like, I'm like, you have I'm, all my info that I already booked it on. Like, what's going on back there? I'm like, I, like, here's my information to pay for it. I put their names for each room. Type in like, I don't want to hear like it from you. Four or five <laughs> paragraphs worth of keystrokes going on. You're like, what? What possibly could you be typing in right now? Like, you're typing in like, I don't trust these guys. But okay, yeah, Marlon. And uh, I'm gonna have about three of your free cookies while you're. Uh, <laughs> It better be Mrs. Uh, Fields, too. Like, So, uh, you grew up in Haltom City, uh, like, pretty much all the way through? Uh, no, and then smooth. we moved to North Richland Hills oh, Okay. Uh, when I was in, like, uh, high school. Like, I, in high school era, I was in North Richland Hills. So mm, okay. Went over there, so. But, yeah, basically, I mean, they, it's right next to Haltom City, mm. so. So you're you're uh, you're a Metroplex kid, yeah. I guess uh, Mid Cities kid. I guess Mid Cities, okay. Because yeah. uh, so Fort Worth adjacent. I was born, I live in Fort, uh, born and raised in Irving. Lived in the U.S. for a little bit, and now live in Arlington. So I've always just been, and most of my family's just kind of like mom's side of the family, mostly Arlington, dad's yeah. side, Fort Worth, mom's side's uh, some people in Weatherford. So I've always kind of skewed west, yeah. Which is also why I like, you know being able to like you know do comedy and get to know a bunch yeah. of like fort worth people because i guess i just kind of lean that way the affordable side of the metroplex yeah so i guess is what all the car dealerships call and it, i like so. i've always like uh, if you have a car metroplex is awesome yeah especially if you want to do something like music or comedy because you have to drive to go do shit yeah Dallas, fort worth denton public transportation's for shit around oh, yeah. here absolutely shit. i mean the tre is nice yeah i, I use that, that quite a bit yeah i i toyed around with living in grapevine i just moved and i was gonna live in grapevine I had an opportunity to live at a hotel there. Oh, okay. And be like the musician in residence. But it was right by the train station. So I could still get down to Fort Worth. Okay. If I needed to. Unless it was a Sunday when the trains don't run for no. some reason. Because that's the Lord's Day. Only to churches. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the only... <laughs> oh, my God. So what, uh, how'd you get into... So, obviously, musician. Yeah. That's, uh, so how'd that, how'd that, how'd that begin? Um, I guess, I guess like a lot of people, I I grew up in church. My dad was a preacher at a church of Christ oh, okay. uh, growing up. So, um, which is no instruments. That's all oh. acapella singing. So, uh, learned how to read music any, that any, way. Any clapping, or is that you're allowed to clap, but it's only on the one and the three. You have to do it the widest way possible. <laughs> like you can't, because they don't know what, where the snare would be. So like oh. the, it's the two and the four, and they're like, no, one and the three. So, but uh, some mild clapping. Um, but yeah, literally no instruments. And my dad, my parent, our family never really 
believed in that part. Like, if it makes sense, my dad was a fairly liberal Church okay. of Christ preacher. Like, uh, was usually got in trouble for a lot of for thinking, calling stuff <laughs> silly. You know, oh, okay. but uh, um, I think he got in trouble for having a band play at like a youth event, and then like he let a woman speak at a funeral one time at the pulpit, and that was a big no-no. Oh God! But the, it was like the sister of the deceased. It's like, uh, oh, geez. it's like uh, yeah. she's probably allowed to speak, you know. Like, <laughs> but if she would have done it in front of the pulpit, it would have been fine. But the fact oh. that she took two steps up, we don't want women to the mic, like uh, contemplating death around yeah, here. Yeah, right. Come oh, on God. now, we don't, on. women should learn in subservient silence. Like, <laughs> good grief. We don't pay them to fake. Actually, we don't pay them at all. Yeah, and if we do, it's seventy-five uh, percent of what the men make. So, <laughs> so. Uh, that so the church upbringing yeah that was that was kind of like, standard for a lot of people yeah my first like foray into that and then uh i guess i started playing guitar when i was like 18 mm, okay. um and then just kind of self-taught on guitar which is either good or bad depending on what i need to do on guitar mm. <laughs> nowadays that go a lot of ways for people yeah, yeah yeah i i enjoyed it but um there's definitely probably a lot of stuff that i don't do correctly or the the way you're supposed to but uh, yeah, that, and then um, kind of started playing in college. That was the demise of my college career also as well. Uh, Coincided with me trying to start playing music and write songs. Comedy, and I met, comedy did that to me in college. Yeah. I was just like, this is uh, so much more fun, and I don't want to yeah. be a high school teacher. Yeah, and That uh, was a half-assed answer anyways. Yeah, I was always enrolled in college. I didn't attend very <laughs> often. But uh, yeah, that, and then I met my buddy David Mansler, who I'm in a band with in Quaker City Nighthawks, and uh, he was... When I was in college at Texas Tech in Lubbock, he was going to South Plains Bluegrass College, which is a real thing. Okay. It's like Natalie Maine's grandfather started the Maine's Bluegrass College. Mm. I think it was like the first one in the United States. Where's uh, that at? Is that in Texas? It's in Lubbock, or oh, just, okay. just north of Lubbock in okay, uh, so Leveland. Okay, far from you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Dave was a mandolin major. Mm, a and mandolin uh, major. I met him, and he was way, way more versed in... Uh, playing instruments than I was so that was kind of a learning experience for me I got to kind of learn how to actually play guitar and, and other stringed instruments because he can kind of play them all so oh, one of those but then uh, we kind of started playing acoustic shows together and both dropped out of college and started living in our cars and traveling around Texas and playing the uh, the coffee shop circuit which I still shudder thinking about <laughs> this is like one of the worst well, thankfully, Starbucks killed that. Oh, so. yeah. Actually, <laughs> super glad. It was just, uh, no offense to all the mom-and-pop coffee shops out there, but it'd be like, you know, you get done, they'd be like, well, you didn't make any money at the door. Like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Like, but we are going to throw out all this broccoli and cheddar soup, so uh, you can have as much as that as you want. You have a fridge you, know, like, you can put it in? You're like, oh, Maybe. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and go ahead and pour it into go cups. Like, we'll, we'll take it. We... Uh, at our house, we watched not too long ago. So I married an axe murderer. Yeah, and it's it's very hard to know what Mike Myers' character does because you'll you're like wait because it's in San Francisco. It's just like wait, do you make a career off of doing slam poetry yeah. at a at a Spoken coffee word. shop in San Francisco? But this was and obviously it's like mid nineties, mid early nineties. Maybe he and did. It was banging yeah. like that coffee shop it, the movie begins in the coffee shop and you're like where they what venue are they at and it's because it's so many people it's waiter, just where people hang out waitresses that, going yeah. back and forth and it's so many people then eventually gets up to him and you realize oh no they're just at a coffee shop they probably don't even have a liquor license 
and this place is fucking packed waiting for people there's like a two three piece band it's like they're just waiting for people to come do funny slam poetry that was before the world went to hell and like you didn't have to drink whenever you went out every time yeah you could just like have non-alcoholic beverages and and be happy yeah because you were just pursuing your life thing yeah like uh, oh no big deal now texas coffee shops probably weren't that banging but enough for you to at least get some broccoli and cheese soup out of the broccoli broccoli and cheddar (laughs) one time we spilled two cups of it and that was our only payment it was just depressing like had him sitting on the hood of my jeep at the time and Shut the door a little hard and both just spilled down the front. You're so. like, is any broccoli sitting on other yeah. broccoli? I yeah. can at least pick that at up and eat the it. veggies off of it? Nope. No. Oh, man. <laughs> Total loss. Uh, so did you eventually like move back? Uh, yeah, I moved back to Fort or, Worth. Okay. Went to UNT for a little bit. Uh, and Dave moved down to Austin. Then uh, we had a spot open in our house. And we were living in kind of Keller area. Okay. And... Uh, Back before it was Keller. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still pretty Kellery, but um, not as like Diet South Lake as it is now. Mm. But um, yeah, he moved into that room and then we started a band, uh, built a pretty weird makeshift studio in the garage, called it the Garagio. Okay. And started recording music that way. And that was kind of That's the beginning of Quaker the catalyst. City. Yeah, that was kind of like the origin stories of that kind of okay. started moving he started a band called black bonnets and uh i was playing my solo stuff and then we got tired of uh being talked over at bars so we uh, <laughs> decided to make way uh, make a band that played way louder music okay so i was like yeah that's about enough of that like talk over talk over this 240 watt solid state pv see what happens that's where as a comedian i'm jealous because you bands can drown out the, yeah like whether you're playing at like a real show or just something and people are at because like you're at the stage you're at the point now where people come to see you and it's probably a lot easier it's like like you have a name so people come to see you so you're not doing that anymore but like comedy like you might be at actual quote-unquote show but there's still people that may or may not pay. Could be regulars, depending on where you're at. Not not really not really a comedy club, but just somewhere you're just like, just shut the fuck up, so people can, the people that want to hear it can hear it. Yeah, man, being able just to turn that amp up loud and just tell oh, yeah, man. that feels fantastic. Oh man, yeah. Especially like if somebody's fuck front row talking real loud. You're like, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you're able to eventually along the lines. Uh, of course, I'm gonna bring this up. Like y'all touring with Crows in Conformity and Crowbar eventually. Yeah. Obviously, we're skipping ahead a lot, but yeah. that... Talk about loud. Y'all, oh, man. y'all can play loud if you're on that fucking bill. Oh, yeah. Which was great. That and was fun to get to, little, to stretch out a little bit. I, our music... I guess our music's pretty... We cast a pretty wide net, genre-wise. Yeah, which is, which is what I like about good, good cool-ass yeah. like, music. Yeah. That's, we're into a lot of different stuff, mm. you know, like... Growing up in Halton City, I caught a lot of metal. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like and, and that's that, that's one thing, like kind of like expanding, uh, getting to know people, especially like Dustin Snyder, because uh, like I go to his, you go to his place, like you literally hear a band practicing down the road. Yeah, I guess their practice nights are Tuesdays. Yeah, but not like kind of realizing Halton City has like a metal presence. Oh yeah, it's like Big huh, time. that's weird because like people think DFW, they think Dallas, Fort Worth, Denton, maybe Arlington, just because yeah. it's it's tried and right. dabbled, but. Yeah, Haltom City Metal. That's crazy. A lot of good metal coming. There's, there's, a, well, there's a bunch of rehearsal studios in Haltom City, mm. 
and that you don't know about. That like, is if about you're going to shows and you don't really know too many. You're not a musician. You don't yeah. know that many. It's like these and people have to live somewhere. If but you've then, never been in a rehearsal studio, it's about ninety percent metal bands, oh, yeah. and they rehearse every week. <laughs> the they'll last play, podcast was recorded at yeah, a metal. They'll play studio. like four four shows a year, but they rehearse every night or every week. Like, but. Yeah, I mean, our, our good friends, the Methinks, Ray Liberio, they're out of Haltom City. Like, um, there's a lot of good, a lot of good metal coming out of Haltom all the time. The FDW was from there, so mm. we say W here. We don't say W. <laughs> I don't think DFW. I've ever said w in my yeah, life. it sounds insane. <laughs> you like, have to force your mouth to yeah, say it. It's super cumbersome. You just got to get rid of that middle syllable. So, how did Quaker City? Like, obviously, you guys played shows, formed the band, played shows. What, like? What's the tra- what was the trajectory like? Because with the bands at, at y'all's level now, like you've, you've gone to Europe and shit, like what was like T- you, you played around obviously and got your got your shit out there. What was how was it like? Obviously, you had some bumps along like upward vertical bumps along the way. Like what was that? We call it a ten year uh, meteoric rise. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. People like we. I remember the first time we like signed with like a big booking agent or something. Fort Worth Weekly wrote about it, and they're like just shot right to the top i was like yeah 10 years shot right <laughs> to the top but uh it was it was i mean it's thankfully most of the time it's been always kind of trending upward you know okay. like but at slow paces and then sometimes it speeds up just kind of like a i mean when we first started playing we took pretty much every gig we could get we were playing at this place spencer's corner for four hours every thursday a full band yeah wow and okay. uh just kind of threw ourselves in the fire and everyone's like you're overexposing yourself i was like i was like i'm gonna be overexposed if i can't pay rent so yeah. uh, we're gonna keep playing these gigs but um spencer's corner was wild it was like you play for 90 minutes two hours and they'd have like turtle races or like a wet t-shirt contest okay. and then you'd play for another 90 minute two hours and we got like a hundred dollar tab which in Spencer's bucks to USD, that's like seven thousand. Because like I don't, I don't think we ever went over it. And I remember having quite a few hurricanes and and uh, draft beers in there. So, but it was. I mean, I don't regret any of that because that's the kind of how we cut our teeth and yeah. like just learning how to be on stage and learning how to try and create a rock and roll band. So we we took all kinds of gigs like that. That's like six sets like because you, yeah. you play like you say you're like on a tour you play like 30 40 minutes or whatever and that's like you know fucking 90 minute two yeah and, minutes. and holy shit we i mean you know obviously learning a lot of covers and stuff like that but we only i think the first show we played was at the moon bar it was on Mattler's birthday and matt mabe was in the band and patrick adams and they didn't know we hadn't shown them any of the songs we'd written about nine ten songs and we just got there an hour early, and Dave and I showed them to Matt and Pat, and we just went from there. That was like, it was always kind of like, not a lot of f- super forethought going into pretty much anything. Like, I didn't even own an electric guitar at the time, so I had oh, to wow. borrow one. But um, yeah, just did that. We recorded the first album we did. We'd been a band for like six weeks, and our buddy Zach, that was the sound guy at the Moon Bar, had a studio in a literal trap house. Uh, uh, Houston style. That's <laughs> yeah. Nice. And uh, we went and recorded it up there. Just kind of ran everything live, and that was. I was like, okay, all right, I guess we're in a band now. Like, <laughs> guess we're doing it. <laughs> the Moon Bar is. I don't know if we ever interacted, but that we definitely crossed paths. That was my first 
like foray into like the local comedy scene yeah, too. Because they had a great uh, buddy. Did you know Dave Sherrill? Yeah. Okay. Because he was. Uh, I kind of he was so he came up doing comedy, and then I got to know him. And I didn't realize he was also like a, a musician to some degree. Yeah. But he was you know grew born and raised around here and knew the musicians around here. Yeah. And ran the open mic at the Moon Bar, which was just this fun fucking open mic. Yeah, it was, it was just, great. Like Josh was a, Johnson was up there a lot. Yeah. Uh, Chris and like all those guys. Yeah, were, and it was just it was a good little fun setup. Like wasn't too big, especially for a comedy open mic on a Sunday. Yeah, which I think yeah a Sunday, and it was just like it had a great vibe. Yeah, and and then Dave, I, I got more and more. I got to know Dave, funny fucking guy. Uh, and then when he moved to Ohio, he asked me uh, to take over the open mic. And that's where I guess I got into running open mics and eventually running my own shows, blah, 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 and all that. But what I had learned, like, kind of, I guess, learned from Dave, saw Dave, I was just like, oh, Dave, you know, here is this thing that obviously I know has to exist of, like, a comedian that is tapped in and knows the music scene. Yeah. And I, you know, I grew up, I have friends of punk bands and everything. Yeah. Uh, so That's I'm, a big middle of that Venn diagram. Like, yeah. I mean, most comedians are musicians, and most musicians think they can be yeah. a comedian. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, a, a big crossover. I think there's a lot of mutual admiration for both. Because, yeah. like, like, watching stand-up mortifies like the idea of it mortifies me mm-hmm. just like standing there by yourself with nothing else to blame any mistakes on but yourself yeah. like that that seems and putting words absolutely in the mortifying to me Which but you can fuck up words uh, <laughs> yeah. word order in a conversation but yeah. nobody cares cause i can sing the first verse again on the third verse <laughs> and no one's really gonna know like uh, or just turn my guitar up if i don't know what i'm doing like so but like me growing up with friends and bands loving music having a closet full of band shirts that's one thing that i you know really wasn't like trying to do or anything it was just kind of like i love music i do comedy I, you know i just i like again like the venn diagram i like when these things overlap and uh tyler moore was yeah. uh, with a comic i met and it's like he had these sleeve tattoos got to know him and he was like i like hot water music and i was just like i fucking love that band too and i was just like oh here's here's the the and he was in these really good punk bands too yeah. like hardcore punk bands and i was like oh cool here's dave Sherrill. Tyler Moore, here's this crossover that I've been looking for. I'm not a musician, but I'm like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not on, I'm not, I'm watching the band play. I'm there to yeah. you know, have fun doing that. But then I was like, here's the crossover, and that's because I, I have a, like a, I guess a theory that every good, I, it, it could go either way. Every good comedy scene is every good music scene should have a good comedy scene. Yeah, and that's one reason I focus so heavily in Fort Worth. Because I'm like, I, I know, I've gotten to know all these musicians and great bands here. I want to somehow get these scenes interacting with each other. Not, not say comedy should be on a music show, which has right. to be executed in a certain way. That's, that's a tricky, uh, yeah, it's very tricky thing to pull off right there. And you need bands that are very simpatico with what comedy is and all yeah. that. And I've been able to execute that some, uh, well with Mean Motor Scooter a couple yeah. of times. And so they, you know, because Joe Tacky, you know, cool guy, I'm able to be like, it has to be done this way. And it can be done well. But I just, the people hanging out. Yeah. I want the people hanging out to be comedians, musicians, and a couple that are and, that are both. Yeah. And because that's what I think can make a good scene. Just because I've met, like, so many comics from Austin. And those, that so overlaps there. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, my friend Avery, her boyfriend is a musician. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there you go. I want comedians dating musicians <laughs> and vice versa. It's just, 
and I've been trying to, you know, I guess cultivate that in some way. I yeah. wish more comedians lived in the in the hipster area of Fort Worth. I like I, when I go down Magnolia, I'm just like there should be five, no less than five comedians bartending in this area, but yeah. there's none. Yeah, there might be one or two that live in the area, and, but you know they may or may not be at a bar on any given night. But I'm just like if this was Austin, there'd be like a show a week, a show every day a week here. Yeah. Mass has done a good job at that too. Like yeah. I think that you know. Uh, the stuff that you've put on up there and then, you know, getting like some, you know, national people coming through like, like tonight with Eddie and, you know, JT and everything. And all uh, the credit to JT because yeah. he's the guy who, you know. He's good at connecting that too, you he, know. Like he, the, he started in the punk world. Yeah. And he knows, he's buddies with like uh, Black from the Dwarves. Yeah. Like he, and he literally, you know, uh, I guess we can go to this. He literally has shows. He does tons of comedy, but uh, literally has shows where he has musicians come on and tell road stories yeah. and the show is called road stories and i eventually i eventually convinced you to do one and it was terrifying so fucking good <laughs> I, was, I know you have your perception but i was in the audience i was i was mortified and to go on eventually i remember uh talking to you about it some somewhere and then uh it was an epic ruins show which before we continue epic ruins what what is that uh, that is it's a, a project band, obviously, for that was kind confused. of Steve Stewart and Jordan Richardson's brainchild okay. together, like a concept band and album. It's like, I think we called it like Pink Sabbath whenever cool people were asking. Though. It's Epic like, Ruins? Yeah. Uh, that's what I was just like, <laughs> Epic Ruins. That sounds, I, I feel like I should have a shirt that says that. Yeah, but It's just like heavy psychedelic stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Steve has this brain for creating these just intricate stories and okay. and you know he's a dungeon master so like you know he's he can create things and um you know also being just a whip-ass bass player and jordan obviously one of the best musicians i've ever played with in my entire life uh jordan on do like a little bit of everything yeah he plays he, he plays guitar okay. and and drums and keys and all that stuff and they kind of just brought me in as the singer and uh this is kind of right when quaker city was starting too and like I'd really never been in like a studio setting, you know, and they kind of walked me through that and like um, kind of walked me through how that process works. And they pretty much did the whole, they came up with most of it and then they would, Steve would just give me these insane lyrics, like these, <laughs> you know, these super, you know, detailed plot lines and stuff like mm. that of like, you know, this, this char main character, Asherah is like this, you know, double sword wielding, wielding, you know, character that, and then the Void Mariner who like travels through time and space and that's and a, that's a band name right there. Yeah, God and damn. like um, it feels like you walked in. You're like, hey, are we practicing or playing D and D? I yeah, can't tell. I mean, which both? What's, what's this paper about? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's, it's like best of oh, both okay. worlds, but uh, but it can be both. And like, okay. He give me, and sometimes he'd kind of have a melody, and sometimes it'd just be lyrics, and I would just be like, all right, let's see what comes out. Oh, like wow. and. That we'd go to the Methinks rehearsal space in Haltom City and and uh, just hole up in there like usually at like two in the morning after we'd been at the Moon Bar or something like that and then just go sitting there and it's called the Smoke Tardis and uh, just sitting there and bang some stuff out and then wind up getting a whole album done and uh, it was it's one of the most fun music projects I've ever been in it's also like planning a shuttle launch to get like a show together because there's like <laughs> oh yeah because live there's like nine people it's literally like, like a yeah. super group yeah uh, there's like a tons of people group. yeah so and so y'all had a show and I saw the name I think I 
eventually found some of the music online. I was just like, oh, I got to check this out. I'm off that night. Sam will be there. I'll hopefully get him to confirm this road story show. Cause I don't, uh, JT was like, if you know, uh, you know, like a local musician that could also like bring some, bring some people like, uh, find someone else. Like, okay. So I had the people in mind. And then I think I just like came across you somewhere. I was just like, and I'd gotten to know you. Like I knew you better at that time. I was just like, Oh, Sam would be fucking perfect. <laughs> and then, so I went to that Epic Ruins show. I remember we were right near, right near like the, the office there. I was just like, you want to do it? I think you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, just like you do like, like 10 minutes. Just tell, some, I know you have some stories that you've told friends from being on the road. I know you have these stories. You're just you're going to be telling them to. You're going to have friends in the audience. You're like you're going to know a lot of these people here. Yeah. You're just going to be on stage, which makes it worse. Yeah, like, which <laughs> it'd be better I, if it was strangers. I will take your word for it. But I was just so excited. I was just like, oh fuck yeah, Sam would be because on that show was uh, well, Dirty Charlie uh, started off. He's yeah. Uh, tattoo artist, but also musician. Knows Alan Brown from uh, the Texas Tech days. Everybody knows Alan Brown. Yeah. He's oh yeah. Like the Kevin Bacon of the of Texas <laughs> music scene. And so he started off with his songs, and also he covered Fear within yeah. the city. And I was just a good little star because it was just him on stage uh, with the guitar. And then uh, and then like JT, Mike Weeby of the Riverboat Gamblers, who. Which, like, trying to pitch the show to you, I was like, Mike Weeby's there. He's also a comedian, but he's also a front man. You're just like, well, that doesn't help. Yeah. Because he's already been on <laughs> he's stage good at both. alone. Yeah. yeah. This, that's tailor made for him. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, Kyle Shut from The Sword will be there. And so he's not a comedian, but he has done plenty of these road story shows yeah. with your. Okay, he so was maybe, great. So maybe that helped. It was just kind of like, all right, he's done this, but he's not a comedian. He's really funny. Great fucking dude. And I'm like, and then J2 go up there and like, we'll just put you somewhere in the middle. And I swear, I, I think I kind of timed you out. It was 20 minutes. I think I went fucking long. Fucking murder. I went long. Dude, yeah. no, no, no. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is too good. I, I can't give him the light. Like, the story will come to its natural conclusion at some point, yeah. and I'll give him the light, and he'll be grateful to get off stage. Yeah. You said you were terrified. I was in the audience, and it was, you had, I think it was like two, maybe two stories, but they were, here's the thing about human beings. They love a good story. Yeah. And that's where I, that's why I was just like, I that's why like, I knew I didn't have jokes. So I was like, that's I was like, why I'm just going to do stories. I'm yeah. just like, everybody loves a good story. And so went up there and fucking murdered. It was a great, it was a show ended up being like two, almost two and a half hours. Yeah. But it's people telling stories. Yeah. So a stand up show can wear people out after like 90 minutes. Unless they're seeing a big timer right. who goes on for an hour and a half themselves or something like that. But people telling stories, they're going to just, they want to hear a story. That's what people do at bars anyway. Yeah. Like, so. But it's, it's constructed yeah. in a show format and all that. But And I was just lucky enough to have a Dutch guy, Masters Wiener, on one of our records <laughs> so I could tell that story. <laughs> so that, oh, yeah. that, that kind of saved me there. Like, that, that's funny no matter who tells it. So. Oh, and it was, it was so good. And, you know, luckily I uh, may have strong, strong armed you into it. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I can't The only other person but. that's convinced me to do something like that stand up was Clint Worth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rest in peace. He, yeah. He, he yeah. convinced me to come out and do. One of the oh, and Clint was another guy who yeah knew, he was at the he lived bar scene he lived next like, door to like Scott Beck yeah and I was just like and also me and Clint got along yeah and I was just like here's a guy that somehow through his thing because he was also on radio yeah here's a guy that's tuned in and knows some things and it's just some schlub that just wants to do start doing comedy and just funny as hell like yeah. and he convinced me to do it they were doing uh, stand up at Twilight in Dallas and uh, he's like we usually get one person that's never done it before yeah. to get up there. And I was like, 
great. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be that one. So, but it was, uh, Josh Johnson was on that bill like that night. Um, yeah. Clint got up and did full set. It was, a, it was a blast. So yeah, uh, that concept again, like, because that's pretty much a stand up show that can be done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, man, just, and that, that's one that is like the pinnacle of, and thanks to JT for, you know, going down the road with that. It, I'm like, that's where it can cross over. Yeah. And you know, it was nice to begin it with some music and everything. But yeah. that, that thing was like the pinnacle of the, the Venn diagram merging of just kind of like, yeah. this is what I can see this shit being. Yeah. Is something as cool as that. You know, and of course, you know, there's places for comedy, places for music. But that's one thing I wanted, like, something like Fort Worth to see. Like, this is something really yeah. rad that can go on. Because I, I think, you know, the comedy and music, you know, are very parallel. Obviously, have their differences. But I like getting, you know, I want DFW. It's so big, and that complicates things. But when you can do it, and I like a blend of the comedy and music scene because I think that's just healthier for both scenes. Yeah, it's and uh, DFW being big, I think, you know, there's always, like, the Fort Worth-Dallas rivalry and, yeah. you know, Fort Worth having a little chip on its shoulder of the big city next door. and But, I, like, as a musician, and I I'm, I'm imagine the same thing with comedy and stuff like that, too, like, there's a lot of people around the United, United States that would love to have another gigantic city 30 minutes away from them they can go play in yeah. and it's like being in i mean you're in a completely different world so it's like i've always kind of looked at it as like a nest on the ground where it's like we could play fort worth and and then play dallas and it's a completely different set of people and it's a completely different city and it's a completely different vibe yeah. and that's cool to me because it's like you know i could i could take the train out there like or you know i can go play out there and and also still play here and don't have to travel four hours to the next major yeah. city, you know, which is good for, you know, your lower mid tier bands, especially setting up, you know, kind of setting up a home base. Like that's, that just makes it, there's just that many more places to play, you know, that many more places to find out where you can fit in. So yeah. I do like that Fort Worth is, is like growing. Yeah. Like growing, not just with people. Now it's the 12th largest city. Yeah. I think uh, it's a, city one of the America. fastest growing cities in the yeah. United States right now. And, and rent is reflecting it. Oh, fun. Yeah. so that's the fun part. Like well, we do have uh, new venues like the post. Uh, you have tulips uh, that just opened. I haven't tulips been there yet. Tulips is great. But, yeah. yeah. They've, they've, been, they've done a really good job of putting some really good bands in there, like really solid local bands and then throwing national acts in there too, just to kind of. Lucero's coming yeah. in November. Yeah. I saw that. I'm that's totally going to be, gonna be incredible for like, that. I think Matthew Logan Vasquez is playing there, and got a um, bunch of good, bunch of good acts. Big Mike has a residency up there, mm, nice. like so. The the Godfather of the Fort Worth music, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That guy, that guy's a human jukebox. He does a very haunting cover of fuck. It's not. Uh, I shouldn't even start the sentence because I can't. Think. <laughs> not Neil Diamond. It's not that. Uh, Rod Stewart. Yeah. I saw that I was out working my coupon job and he was at uh, Oscars. Yeah. And I heard him cover Rod Stewart. I was He's unbelievable. Like, Fuck, that's good. I always get super nervous when he asks me to play with him. Like, we'll do like Bob Dylan Night or something like that. Or uh, he'll have me hop up or play three or four songs with him. I get nervous because the way I cover songs is like through basically like my broken memory. Mm. And he covers them the exact way that they were recorded. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's very intimidating because you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess this up 
for Big Mike because yeah. like it's perfect. Like like he's, he's really, gonna be playing he's the really ex- good. He's, right he's gonna be playing the exact guitar solo. You know like mm. he's gonna be playing, and everyone in the band's gonna be playing the exact parts just like it is on whichever record he pulled it off of. Like so, get up there and I was like I don't wanna guess at this melody. I'm gonna have to <laughs> listen to this ten times in my car before I go out there. Like. I take the scenic route so yeah, I can play a couple like, more times. Sitting in my, I was like, "What? Where am I at in the set list? Because I'm going to go out about 30 minutes before and listen to them all over again." So, oh, that yeah, he's sound intimidating he's, at all. He's phenomenal. And you go over to his house, and it's just like a a museum. It's yeah, it's, it's like going on like a taking a master class. Like he's oh, just like man. his. He's got an entire room. I think it's like a three bedroom house, and an entire room is just completely filled with records. Wow. And he's got like the best audio setup he's an audiophile all the way so and he was in was he on he was on that he epic plays uh, show. yeah a lot of the, yeah. most of the guitar on the lead guitars on epic ruins it really um, is a fucking super group that really yeah, I, I, when i saw that on stage i was just like that's oh man that's like everyone i know from all these different bands yeah, justin paid on keys who played with uh, ben harper and ringo star when jordan was out there with him and mm. um just Tons of, like, Kevin Aldridge was in that band. Uh, Ray Liberio from the Me Thinks played uh, key bass. <laughs> wow. I <laughs> like knew there was uh, some funky. There was, uh, yeah. oh, wasn't there, like, a... Jeff Daisy on saxophone. Saxophone. Like, I yeah. was like, was there, like, a horn in there? Yeah, that's <laughs> a saxophone. Recording-wise, we ran it through a, a full bait, like, a full-stack bass amp and put, like, a kick drum mic on it. So <laughs> there's definitely some experimental recording techniques involved in that. Oh, no, like, what I heard, I was just like, like, I hear something weird in that. I can't pin down. Yeah, and, it's terrifying um, sounding. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is great for a band called Epic Ruins. <laughs> yeah. Which to me is just kind of like, like, I like a lot of, po- like, I definitely like a post-metal phase. I'm like, give me the long, loud songs. Yeah, I think we kicked that one, yeah. kicked that album off with, like, an eight-minute jammer or something <sighs> like that, so... I saw y'all did like that. I remember y'all played that, and then Denver. Yeah. How like did y'all have a presence in there, or um, we, just y'all been there? Uh, there's a, a place up there, the High Dive, that my bands played a bunch, oh, okay. and and like a lot of our bands have played, and it's, it's it's a it's an awesome bar. Like the High Dive in Denver. If you're ever out there, go check it out. It's really eclectic. They have pretty much every kind of music they run through there. Um, it's kind of a little shotgun bar, and uh, it's a blast. And it's just good good place for it. So. Okay. I want to go to Denver so bad. I've uh, I met, booked plenty of good comics out of there, and it's just it's just one of those cities where I'm just like, ah, I gotta fucking just get up there. Yeah. Steve point. and I were both still on probation, so we couldn't enjoy Denver to the fullest. But oh yeah, the probation days. Yeah. Oh fuck, I remember I remember you talking about not that. fun. Uh, how th- what was that? How how how'd that come about? <laughs> we're all we're all free and clear. Like, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But uh, just we were on tour with Chris Stapleton. Maybe I just thought about this. We might be the only band that's toured with Chris Stapleton and Corrosion of Conformity. Okay. There's no way there's a crossover that's there. That's why with I anyone like Quaker City Nighthawk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just got pulled over by a state trooper on the way up to Lubbock. Chris Stapleton, the, he covers Tennessee whiskey, right? Yeah. That yeah. Fucking there was yeah. a time, so my job going to bars, giving out coupons, there was a time where I would go. I, I did this a few times. I would tally on this little how thing. How many of, times you heard somebody? Many, at a bar yeah. where I would hear that. I think one night I got up to five. Oh, yeah. Because it was a night Easy. where I'm in H-E-B or Fort Worth. And I was that was just basically like, the new new wagon wheel. Like Yes. I was just like, I'm like, oh, it's, it's a good song. I get why someone's playing it. I just don't think they realize how many times I might hear it. Not yeah. that they need to think about that. But, when uh, Dave and I first started playing at the moon, we'd play like song swap set called Dong Swap because they usually get pretty dongy there like okay. it's just like if there's like four or five got 
people up there, it's it gets old. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, that was in the heyday of Wagon Wheel. Oh, uh, okay. The, and, the Darius uh, Rucker version? Yeah, no, that was before Hootie oh. even got a hold of it. So uh, we would have two tip jars. We'd have one tip jar and then a separate tip jar for Wagon Wheel. <laughs> and uh, we refused to play Wagon Wheel until the tip jar would get, that one get filled all the way to the top. Wow. But the, the trick was, is when it get kind of close to the top, you just mash it down like the yeah. trash in your it's trash paper. can. There's and then like... Mostly it, air. Then it never fills up, and you're like, oh, sorry. And then you still get to keep all the money, and you never had to play Wagon Wheel. So. Yeah, no one's going to ask for that the hit back. That was a good grift right there. So you're on tour with Chris Stapleton. Yeah, I mean, oh, we God. got pulled over by a state trooper. Where at? Was it? Uh, was it? In uh, Snyder, Texas, in oh. Scurry County. And he's got a little rookie ride-along cop with him, decides he wants to start going through the van. And, and uh, I mean, you can imagine how that turned out. Yeah. We, they take us in, and uh, yeah, just just a real bump. Missed that show that night for sure. Uh, that was he even said he's like, "Fellas, I, I'm gonna search this van so long. There's no way y'all are making that show tonight." And I was like, "Cool, <sighs> really cool. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're uh, enjoying your job yeah. today. <laughs> I'm glad you have literally nothing else to yeah. do for the local people in town. Thank you so much. You're supposed we to protect and serve. Really appreciate it. Protecting them from a touring band yeah. trying to get to their show and have some weed on them. But we're, uh, you know, white males in Texas, so we got fairly, like, kind of the kid glove treatment a little bit. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we didn't have big rap sheets or anything like that but yeah. we all got pre-trial diversion and had to do like 18 months of probation and and you had to do it in in snyder had to drive out to snyder How once a month about three hours oh so. okay super beautiful drive through central oh okay oh, uh, yeah, flat yeah. texas so okay. uh gorgeous and enjoyed it thoroughly <laughs> paying for some kids books in snyder for sure <laughs> like, so Paying off some library fees. Yeah, maybe. whoever, you're welcome for y'all's social studies books that <laughs> don't teach you about the Tulsa race massacre. For so. a second, I thought you were serious about the drive because uh, I, I just went and did a show. I did Austin and then a distillery yeah. in, right outside Marble Falls. Yeah. And driving from Austin to Marble Falls was beautiful. Yeah. I, I somehow picked Yeah, I guess that's perfect. more central Texas. Yeah. Like, this is, people could, it's, I, I guess Abilene's West Texas, even though it's oh, kind of in the smack yeah, yeah, dab yeah. middle. But, like, I think pretty much anything west of Tarrant County is considered West Texas oh, okay. yeah, yeah. to people. So I probably mislabeled that there, but it's like sucks. You have to go do all that, but at least you get to see these hills. Oh, and yeah. shit. I, that that would have been that, a yeah. little bit better, but yeah, not fun. Uh, I don't care if I ever go back to Snyder, Texas again. We actually avoid that route. <laughs> uh, we take 287 now if we're going to like Lubbock or Amarillo. Oh, like, okay. It's like, yeah. Nah, I'm, I'm good worth, on... It's worth waking up a little bit early. I'm good on taking 84 or 20 to 84 for pretty much the rest of my life, yeah. so... It's like, that town's not even getting our gasoline no. tax money. Mm-mm. Fuck that. It's a, it's always been a speed trap. Oh. Like, I, I got pulled over there when I was coming back home from tech one time, too. Like, it's always been notorious for getting pulled over, so... I wish towns like that would just be like, eh, maybe people just stop and need go to the bathroom or something and we could be like hey welcome to our town and they'd be like okay cool and then they leave it's probably a large percentage of their local economy is pulling people over <laughs> that are going to do actually something yeah. interesting in their life and just passing of, through and don't yep. shit too much on small towns but uh it's like you're how about do the opposite and cultivate this cult this whole 
oh, we're driving through. Oh, dude, we got to stop by Snyder. There's this cool little place here. Maybe yeah, at least there. have like a cool like chicken fried steak restaurant or <sighs> yeah. something we can stop at. Like, yeah, subsidize someone that's do <laughs> to come open up something interesting. Yeah. Good grief. <laughs> nah, just pull people over. That'll be fine. It's like, huh? Well, these people want to go get their kolaches in a town called West Texas. That's south of DSW. It's not really but west. Not even in West Texas. Yeah. And uh, like, it's a town you could just drive through if there was nothing there. But guess what? There's a place with a line that starts at the door. And then, oh, there's a competing kolache place on the other side of the highway, which I think I think is probably just as good. Slovacek's is better. Is it? It's I think I've eaten there like, once. I'm probably yeah. going to get my Texas card revoked oh, for saying I that. Think, but like, the bathrooms are nicer. The kolaches are been around long enough where it's just kind of like kolaches are top tier, like mm. more selection. So I'm, I'm kind of a Slovacek guy now. So. Oh no! Like next time I'm going that way, yeah. I definitely want to go in there. And it's on the right side of the freeway when you're yeah, headed yeah, down yeah. there. You don't have to cross back and over. The, the parking lot, like I was just at the check stop. The parking lot is so convoluted. Yeah. And there was like a truck there, literally blocking you from all. Like, I didn't need gas, but it was blocking you from all the gas pumps. Yeah. And I was just like, it's kind of raining. It'd be nice to park closer, but. If oh. you're into efficiency, hit slow checks on the way down to Austin. Hit, hit, uh, oh, okay. hit the. Hit that on the way back because ah, then you're on the same check stop. You're just on the same to, side of the freeway. So. Just go to Slovacek. Slovacek. Yeah. Slovacek. Okay. Yeah, I see it's, it, and it's like it's a little bit bigger. Obviously, they probably because obviously check stop is a place newer, that gained its, its popularity yeah. and has to uh, you know somehow I don't know, hire more people to yeah. make the make the line run faster. But Slovacek is kind of like let's just be bigger and have nicer bathrooms. Yeah, the bathrooms are fantastic there. Oh, okay. Not Bucky's quality, but no, probably like, worth, worth, I mean, worth pissing. I at. think it's like the floor-to-ceiling link coverage on the on the stalls, which is oh, so you don't have to yes. see the shitting foot of your neighbor. Yeah. Like uh, that's like, always a, a big. That's great about Bucky's. It's yeah. kind of like oh, just total privacy. Yeah, and they got the hand sanitizer in there. You don't even have oh, to like. Yeah. You can do everything in the stall and then get out of there. Like rub one out. Yeah. <laughs> if if you if you need the drives can be long. <laughs> they can be. <laughs> oh man, that probably be, yeah. I don't mind casting shade on check stop just because it's no. like, yeah, it's been around. But they're not going anywhere. They'll to, be fine. Word to the small town wise: try to be. Not saying you are going to magically have a, a check stop place. Yeah. But go try to grow towards that. Yeah. Quit trapping us. Yeah. If a cop's at check stop, they're probably in line behind you. Yeah. And chances are somebody in line will be like, I got his order. Back the blue. Yeah. And like, and he's just like, okay, whatever. And then and then that's fine. Every, cause people are going and leaving. Yeah. You know, they're probably not speeding because they're slowing down to go get a kolache. But a cop gets behind me in line at anything, I'm, I'm probably going to go to the bathroom. Just gonna, <laughs> oh, I'll I'm get, just going to wait. I'll like, get in the back yeah. of the line myself. Yeah. You know what? I'm good. <laughs> I suddenly don't have a taste for kolache. Yeah. Cold or warm. <laughs> yeah, I've lost all my appetite. <laughs> I did when I was in, uh, uh, so I did Austin and then this like distillery thing. Uh, so I was there and the guy that booked me got me a hotel room in Marble Falls. And so they did this thing where they're at the distillery. It was like the hangout thing. And so there were people at this campground. So I went to the campground afterwards and I was like, I'm getting tired. I'm going to go back to the hotel. I, I was at a campground. And people were drinking and smoking weed. I had a joint in my backpack, literally this backpack, but it was in my hotel room. I just didn't bother to have it on me. And I was just like, man, I could have smoked that here, but I was just like, ah, whatever. I'll just smoke it when I get back to my room. And so I got back to the hotel room, 
uh, took a shower, got ready for bed. And I was just like, how am I going to smoke this? And so I, I looked out my window or pulling up even I re- right next door is, it was a church. Well, it was a Saturday night. The church is completely, you know, parking lot's completely empty. And there was three truck trailers there. No trucks, just the trailers. Yeah. I was like, well, obviously they got, they got like cameras around this hotel room, but I'll just go outside and go behind those trailers and burn this J and go back and go to sleep. So I'm like, all right, cool. That's the plan. I go down to my car because uh, I roll in the joint. Uh, I forgot to uh, keep nail clippers in my car because I'm a person. And so I was just like, I got to clip the ends off this joint. And so I go down to my car. And so go to my car. I'm literally about to you know, make a turn, go to my, go to my, go to my door. And I look and there's like, uh, I don't know, maybe hopefully he's 18 or something. There's like a teenage adult kid windows open butt ass naked laptop on the bed and i'm like hey you're at a hotel yeah what go what's, what's hey, the deal have some fun i yeah. get it but what fucking amateur hour <laughs> are you going to be on the first floor of a hotel room with the window open i i whacked oh. off in my hotel room i was on the second floor i closed the window I, you can't and there was a tree Wait. in front of me in front of my window no, no no i closed all the shades did my business, but so I go and I see the kid, and he's he, like, we we lock eyes, and then I and then he immediately drops right behind the bed, and I'm just I just like I don't want to laugh too loud because it's like yeah. two and two thirty at night, and I'm just like I was like, <laughs> bro, shut I, the window. I literally said like fucking amateur hour, so yeah. I, I get I get my nail clippers, clip the joint, and I walk over to the trailer. I get like three fourths through the joint, and like I see, and this is you know, kind of like hill country or whatnot, you can see a car driving from yeah. down the way. So I can tell if anybody's coming up the, it, it kind of had to go up a hill, a ramp kind of thing to go into the parking lot. And uh, so anytime a car did that, I was kind of like, oh, I'm waiting to see him, like comp or no, whatever. I'm like, all right, cool, keep smoking. And then like uh, some kind of truck, it was a truck, not an SUV, but like a truck was kind of just driving around. And I was kind of like, what the fuck's going on? And they kind of got a little slower and then they kind of came around and came into the church parking lot. So I'm kind of like in between the trailers and I'm just kind of like, and then like an idiot, instead of just like putting the joint out and eating it, I'm just like, ah, and just throw it under one of the trailers. And then kind of like, you know, I'm in flip flops and I'm kind of like speed walking back to the hotel room, kind of jog a little bit. And then, so I go, I'm going to go up the stairs just cause I'm like, I just don't want to get trapped in an elevator. Yeah. Just, I have no fear of elevators, but I'm just like, if I'm going up one store, I can walk up the stairs. Yes, you're going to have an aroma on you too. I, like yeah. when you get oh, the yeah, elevator. Exactly. Like, Even yeah. though I'm outside, it's still going to be around <laughs> me. So I go in, I go walk towards uh, the stairwell and I see the truck like driving by the window there. I'm just like, okay, oh shit. Okay, so I get up in my room, lock it, turn off all the lights except for the TV. My window is closed. And for like a good hour, I, I flash back to like the first couple of months of weed smoking in my life where you're just, you have a moment where you might just be super paranoid. And I was yeah. super fucking paranoid for like an hour. Checking the blinds. The blinds, making sure there's like, so I'm like, that guy could have found the roach and they could have easily seen it was me going back up to Followed my room. Followed your footprints. Like, but I'm just like, is there DNA? DNA? They're not going to DNA test. <laughs> like, what? No, they, they're not going to go that far. It's Marble Falls. They're gonna, like, I should just eat it. Just eat the fucking thing. There'd be no evidence to be found. And what's funny is, so I'm like going from window uh, going from the window to the door, windows to the door, kind of, you know, doing some light pacing. At one point, they, uh, an envelope comes underneath the door. Underneath the door, it uh, was just, uh, just, it was just, a, a, it was just, just a your bill. Yeah. yeah, well, not even my bill because yeah. someone else paying for it. But I look at it, I'm like, all right, there's nothing about we caught you or something. 
I wake a, up, check out, charge, drive home. An extra charge but on there. Man, it was just kind of like you smoking in the parking uh, park, yeah. adjacent parking lot. We have two hundred dollars circumstantial video feet. evidence. Yeah. Even though I was behind the trailer, so they couldn't see me. <laughs> I was just like, I should just ate it and just walked my happy ass back there. <laughs> Maybe the guy is like, Hey, what are you doing? And be like, Whatever, you know, kept walking, but. Uh, but luckily, or offer him some, like when he gets there. Oh uh, yeah. I'd, Marble Falls looks nice. I don't yeah. know how the people are around there. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't have a good read on Marble Falls. Beat Cave is a cute town. I like it out there, yeah. Yeah, driving, I somehow just picked this nice scenic route going from Austin to that way. Spicewood and all that yeah. area. Yeah, that's where the distillery is in, technically in Spicewood. Yeah. And it's a place you cannot accidentally find. You have to go off into like that's where, uh, a ranch. Willie's uh, little, fe- Willie Nelson's festival he has at South By every year. Was uh, always kind of down in that area. Oh, okay. So it's oh, so maybe they the are, Luck maybe, Reunion that they shit, have. Maybe so. they are cool around there. Who knows? Well, at least there. I, mean, I yeah. know in Luck Reunion they are. That's it's like it's like a little western town that they used. Uh, they filmed Redheaded Stranger, and so it's like all the false front buildings are still up, and that's kind of where they have oh, the okay. festival. So oh, that's nice. I know they're pretty cool at the. I mean, I think uh, like Luck, Texas, is the name of the little western town or whatever. I think whatever Willie says goes. So I yeah. think they're pretty cool around there. <laughs> they only bring your coolest cops. Yeah. And by yeah. that we mean retired and we're going to yeah. hire them for private security. Yeah, which means none of them. Yeah. So. <laughs> Just kidding. We brought our own security. These, <laughs> yeah. these guys are really cool. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, they're also our wee guys. So. Yeah. That's a fun festival though. Have y'all played it? Yeah, we've done it a no, couple I, times. I so. as much. It's oh. super fun. First time we were our friend Ginny O hmm. from California. We were her backing band. And then we played it as Quaker City, I guess, the last year they had it since everything shut down. That was um, something I, I don't mind asking now because, you know, I guess we're, the future's looking brighter. Yeah. If, if I was doing this podcast like a year ago, I, I wouldn't even bring it up just because yeah. it'd be like, we don't know what the future holds. So, I, how much did y'all have planned or what did y'all have planned before, like, I guess, March 2020? And then did y'all have... We had just gotten off, uh, like, a three-week U.S. tour with Mike and the Moon Pies that we were co-headlining. They're down from down in Austin area. And we were up through, like, all the western half of the United States. And right at that ended, we kind of got shut down. And we had uh, another full U.S. tour and a European tour for the fall on deck that both got kiboshed yeah. like uh so definitely lost a lot of dates yeah um we were talking with somebody about an australian tour that we were supposed to do too Ooh. and which we've never been we've done europe now twice okay yeah and we tried to do uh the first first time we went over with uh blackberry smoke uh they're from uh, atlanta and they've been over there they've been a band for like 20 years so they've they've been going to europe for a while now so they had a pretty good crowd built in and that that kind of enabled us to play in front of a lot of people the first time we were over there and then the second time we went we headlined our own tour so we played a little bit smaller places than when we played with blackberry smoke but headlined our own one there and we usually go for about six to eight weeks you know every fall so it's it's a blast it's a it's exhausting but it's it's so much market for like southern rock Country, yeah, like blues, um, Southern rock they like Texas stuff. Yeah, like, uh, it's like the opposite of being in the United States. You know, like in Europe, like they ask where you're from, you say Texas, yeah. not the United States. And the United States, before, you, yeah. when they ask where you're from, you kind of skirt the issue. You don't really tell them Texas because they're like, great. 
You go to Colorado and tell them you're from Texas, they're like, you can get the hell out of here. <laughs> it's like, what? We're kind of the same? Like, mm. what, uh, I think Texans go up there and don't realize, first off, they freak out about legal weed. They're like, hell yeah, man, we can get as much pot oh, as we yeah, want up yeah. here. And then, and then Texas, you know, pinch champ for, for, uh, over imbibing on alcohol and you don't realize that you're drinking it, you know, 5,000 feet elevation yeah. and they just get sloppy drunk up there and all the Coloradans are probably just sick of it. Well, so. I think the Coloradans should be like, okay, hey, we're, they're just getting used in Texas to a police department coming around to, hey, let's just not go bust the weed we got, yeah. which is something they should have done decades ago. Be like, yeah. hey, we have better, we have bigger fish to fry, maybe actual police work you know, of sorts. You know, violent hey, crimes we could be looking into. Yeah, right. Uh, policing bad neighborhoods, yeah. making sure you know, just be around where the bad shit happens. It's like, hey, Texans are just getting used to that. You know, you let them go a little sloppy, but also, yeah, keep them in line if they're yeah. going a little too. Like, Rain it in. You're in someone else's home like, right now. Hey, like, yeah. don't walk down the street blazing a joy. Like, yeah, like, come on. I know you relax. bought it at a business, which is a first time for you, but just, uh, hey, wrangle it in. And the stigma's <laughs> kind of off of it up there in Colorado. You see some lady in her Lululemon, you know yoga outfit you know hitting a dab pin while she's waiting on her sub (laughs) sub sandwich so it's like you know here it's like you know kind of still like a bad boy thing to do you know like because i mean you can still very much go to jail for it so yeah and hopefully we come around (sighs) we'll be the last ones oklahoma did it before us bro like i mean they had a meth problem they were dealing with to probably offset, which probably uh, spurred the legislation <laughs> we, we gotta, a little quicker. We got to correct yeah, a little you know bit better. <laughs> bring us your meth down here so maybe we can get some laws passed through to yeah. get get weed legalized to uh, help combat that. Until but. then, we'll just keep posting about how there's fentanyl in the coke. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> right now, it's still for... I don't. I know that they were trying to pass something, but concentrates, it's like wax or, you know, vape pen or... or edibles even uh are charged like hard drugs higher than like yeah. meth and fentanyl like like it's charged the same as like coke <laughs> this uh this guy that we both grew up in irving he was in a punk band he lives in denver now and he was like driving back he got busted that's where everybody for a yep. weed pen and he was facing like that's felony a felony charge. Yeah. yeah it's state jail felony and it was like literally like between here and abilene like yeah. exactly where you know snyder could be but yep hell it could have been snyder but that's a uh, and there's still people, like, I know they're, they're trying to, I saw something got passed, I don't know if it got signed into legislation, where they're trying to make, like, up to an ounce of concentrate, uh, just a class B misdemeanor, which is awesome, and that's the way, it, I mean, it shouldn't be illegal at all, but, yeah, like, exactly. step in the right direction, but also, can you imagine how shitty that makes you feel if you're sitting in jail right now for a felony charge, for having, like, a BB's worth of wax yeah. on you, or, like, like a four gummies and like yeah. you're sitting in it needs to be retroactive if they do yeah, pass exactly. it's like hey there's people rotting in jail right now for this charge and now it's a ticket like if they didn't like, have this fucked up system where and to me it kind of reminded me of being a substitute teacher because like when i was a substitute teacher they emphasized over like fucking like they weren't they didn't tell me to teach anything it's like hand out the papers but take that attendance yeah. that attendance the most important thing that you do here but it, it's kind of like jails it's yeah. like you get paid per butt yeah. that's in there, and it's like, uh, guys, uh, you're not a fucking, you know, you're the government. You probably should just do as people need. To, like, yeah. fuck the numbers. You're the government. If something good gets passed, 
let these people fucking out and yeah. scratch it from the record. Maybe for-profit private might, prisons aren't a good idea. Which aren't, I, I even hate <laughs> that term because private prisons, it's not like, you can call it private prison, it's not a business. Yeah. You're still getting, it's a private, it's not private. You're still getting sent people captured by the government, literally yeah. captured and imprisoned by the government, uh, enslaved by the government, I'll even go there, sent to a, it's just a, cheaper it's a corporate prison yeah it's not even pri- private like like no your private police like the the laws you're enforcing are our laws or whatever the fuck you want to say but i'm like you're not private you are just doing the job for cheaper and you have stockholders yeah and you want their shares well, just, to go up i mean i guess it all that all started with like when they got rid of slavery they're like well how are we going to get people to work for free and they're like oh yeah. we'll just well now that now that Make your you know, life really fucking hard. Now, now that you know this has happened, we'll just make being black illegal, and yeah. then uh, we'll just put everyone in prisons and uh, still get free labor. And you know what? Now we'll get some money off of it too. Like we're actually getting paid. And if to they do overcome this. Like, that, just, just, uh, we'll just put them in debt. We'll make everything yeah. a debt. <laughs> Terrible system from the ground up. Zero yeah. out of ten stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not Which great. I, I just hate the private prison thing. I'm like, yes, it's not the government technically running that running that prison. But the government sends them the people and who money. they send them the money. Yeah. And the more people they have in there, the more money they get, just like the fucking schools. Mm-hmm. And there's the whole school to prison pipeline, which yeah. I would love for that to get addressed ever. But it's not. But uh, yeah, just no. Instead, we're worrying about abortions and and not teaching about racism in schools and stuff like that you know way bigger fish to fry which i don't even <laughs> like to me like i don't understand how like schools it's just like with the internet like schools should just teach you logical things to survive mm-hmm. all the facts about the world and all that the the internet exists yeah and like i you know i graduated in 03 which you may have two yeah, three four so, and so i'm like Back then, internet, yeah, it might have been on a school computer. We probably had access on our at our house. Websites were up and everything. Search databases were getting bigger. But you still had these textbooks. But even then, textbooks are years behind the current information. Yeah. Now there's all this information out there now. Why do schools even bother teaching them all these social facts when they could just teach them like I don't know facts about like I always historical facts. <laughs> well, like yeah. those exist. You can you can constantly learn that shit till the day you die. Yeah. And, but it's just like with all this information, how much can one teacher teach thirty students in fifty five minutes? Yeah. And that's I think the discussion of just kind of like, hey, I think I think a lot of teach <laughs> the social sciences. I think a lot of them have outgrown their usefulness because they are massively overshadowed by the internet and access to information because. Let me give you that heavy ass book that's 400 yeah. pages long. There's that that's a grain of sand yeah. compared to all the information that exists in the world yeah. that we always have access to for all of our lives. Yeah, you don't teach them they, math. Carpet bombed, you know. Teach them multiple math. cities in this. Teach them how much United things States. in life cost. Yeah. Teach them rent costs and teach them not to fuck up their lives. No, teach them about teapot dome scandal. Like, and <laughs> right. that's that's what oh we need to God. be teaching yeah. kids about. You know, like. Oh. Give Very a, important. Give them a bullet point list and make them research it and be like, what did you find out? Maybe yeah. something like that. But like, oh, is they're just so inundated because it's a government bureaucracy that's highly, highly inefficient. Yeah. Teach them how to successfully run a bank account. They, they, like, won't, they won't do that. Teach them how to like save money for bills across I, the month. Like I the, want them like 
well, financial also, planning. Kids have laptops now. Yeah. They all have laptops in, in high schools. Uh, teach them, make them look up apartment rent and yeah, in their uh, area and insurance and quotes. See how much they're going to have to learn how to make. Electricity rates. And scare them with the sheer awful <laughs> numbers of life yeah. to where they might not drop out of high school. Yeah. And then maybe they'll go get a, a useful degree instead of just like, you can get a degree in anything and have a job. Well, like, no. No. <laughs> that's not, that's, that's barely my mom's reality. Like, she was even telling me she knew people with master's degrees in accounting or something like yeah. that who couldn't find jobs. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm so glad I didn't become a teacher because, yeah, you can find a job like that, but that can't be a fun time i can't i feel i feel so bad for teachers because yeah. there's good teachers that aren't allowed to teach but there's also plenty of teachers that have backed into teaching yeah and it's just kind of like uh and just grown and they're all grow, they do they grown for 55 minutes during their free period and yeah. just like uh okay because you're asking them to do an impossible job for uh an embarrassing amount of pay yeah like that's a that's an insane job. Like watch my kids for nine months of the year. Make sure they're good people. Uh, here's thirty four thousand dollars. You're yep. like, what? That, that's an impossible ask. Like, good grief. Like, at least up ask, the pay. You know, like yeah. Or ask teachers to do a fuck ton less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, right. That, that's to me. I'm like, okay. You know how hard it is to make any to get people to vote for raising taxes. Okay, I'm like, before you go that route, which there are good arguments for and against and all that just have the teachers do so much less like, yeah all right take the role uh let them do the job they went to college for and hopefully they still want to teach let them teach yeah but instead no let's hire five let's hire five to ten more people that make twice what they make and don't interact with the students just to add just to create another yeah. layer to the bureaucracy because that's a lot the administrative yeah and we wouldn't even sector have, of all we that. don't have oh. to raise taxes maybe uh Maybe uh, the local police force gets uh, four less tactical assault vehicles, yeah. uh, you know, this year. And then we pay some teachers, yeah. you know. But no, that's not how it goes. Oh, no. And it's, it was fun seeing that shit from the inside. Uh, but that, that, like, as a comedian, I, I have to have a job. Like, is, is Quaker City, like, your job? Is that, yeah. And, and, and music, I guess, because yeah, uh, you are Quaker City, but also you do, like, you were literally here at the Post last night. Yeah, I play solo shows and stuff like that. Has um, that been your income for Yeah, the last, how you know, five, six years. Wow. Uh, I've been doing just music, so. Um, Damn. I think the last job I had outside of music, I delivered pizzas at okay. Parati's, which I would go back to in a heartbeat because it's a fantastic <laughs> job. Yeah. Like, drive around in your car, listen to music. I did that for Boston's one yeah. time. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was very fun. I deliver a lot of pizzas in the TCU area, though, and you get college kids paying it with their frog bucks and like zeroing out the tip line. Oh, so God, yeah, and I never did anything like uh, I never did anything like uncleanly to food, but I would mess your order up <laughs> if uh, I knew that it was like a, a cereal non-tipper. Like oh yeah, yeah. just kind of. As you're carrying the pizza in, give it the old oh, two or three times. Let, that, let name's, just, that name's in your head. You're like, oh, this fucker. Just gonna fuck. give it the little yeah. shake on the pizza box where the whole cheese sticks to the top of the. They're gonna meat. open it yeah. up and just. Or, uh, I I did, I would shake up a two liter on you. <laughs> like uh, there was this one kid that worked. At, he was like an RA at one of the dorms. He'd always be in the office when he got there. Oh, so he's he, a narc too. Had, uh. Yeah. So he'd have all of his little homework out and stuff like that and he'd ordered the most expensive thing on the menu fettuccine alfredo with a cheesy bread and 
two ranches, which I didn't know what he was using for. Maybe the I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the cheesy maybe, bread and maybe the bread. But it's already cut. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but uh, and he'd order uh, two liter of Dr Pepper and a cup of ice or a Diet Coke. And I knew this guy was a serial non-tipper. And I shook the hell out of that thing before I walked in there. Cause, and this was even better because before he'd fill out the receipt, he'd open the Diet Coke and pour him, pour it over the ice before he'd fill out the receipt, before he'd draw the zero with the line through it on the tip line. And first of all, I was like, come on, it's Frog Bucks. This is your parents' money anyway. Just give me $3. Like, yeah. So I shook the hell out of that thing, knowing full well that he was going to open it on the desk. And it just doused his homework oh, like completely ruined everything on the beautiful. desk i was like oh man must have gotten shook up on the car sorry about that <laughs> out the door like oh yeah like what are you gotta do yeah take away the t- <laughs> yeah i never, never did anything like unclean I didn't like put anything in anyone's food or yeah. like spitting you know that's, that's gross like the place i worked at was actually despite being run by degenerates like a very clean mm. it's parati's pizza it was very clean establishment as far as food hygiene goes like it was they kind of prided themselves on that. No one really ever messed with things, but we would, we would mess up the physical nature of your order if you <laughs> if we knew oh, yeah, yeah. what we were going into. Don't don't create a pattern, a, a bad pattern of yeah. not tipping. Bro, you're being you're being real cavalier with uh, how you're treating someone who's alone with your food. Yeah, like, like that's a they, they don't and that fucker didn't didn't think of it. That's didn't a, think about that. That's a sticky situation you get yourself Literally, into. Like, yeah. yeah, which he did. Yeah, got Thanks it all over. Man, it felt so good. Oh, Just. Man. Walked out of that twirling that empty pizza bag like it <laughs> just felt fantastic. Uh, you're like, yeah, that was worth all the tips. Absolutely worth it. <sighs> It'd be like, hey, we owe him another uh, liter. It's coming out of your paycheck. Like, I don't give a That's shit. That's fine. I'll go I'll buy him one right now. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll shake that one up too. Like, <laughs> like you're not getting me back on this one. Uh, when I delivered pizzas, there's this guy. It was in like Los Calitas. There's this guy, Mike. And anytime he delivered, you're hoping he might have like half the time he's watching one of his grandkids. He was a nice, nice fucking guy. And he'd go and he'd uh, just bought one meal, maybe a kid's meal for the grandkid, and he would tip uh, five bucks on the on the credit card. And then before he could leave, uh, he'd be like, "All right, here," and he'd get his wallet out and he'd give me like five to seven bucks. He's like, "Something, something you don't tell him about." Hell I'm yeah. just like, "Mike, man, you get it, man. You're, <laughs> aw- you're fucking awesome." Yeah. Man. So anytime I order like Mike and I look at the address, I go, oh, hell yeah, Mike. Yeah. All right. This is good we definitely, there was definitely addresses that would pull up. You're like, I got that one. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That, that one's <laughs> me. Scrambling like, for it. Yep. Oh, fuck you. That's guaranteed we 10 had this, bucks. this old lady named Rosalie and she lived in this apartment. I think she was like from like a super rich family, but like she had some mental issues and I think they kind of sequestered her in this like little house that they bought her. They're like kind of, but maybe we're like Fort Worth elites and didn't want her embarrassing them. <laughs> I, I, I got the vibe from this old lady and she'd always have full uh fubu suit on and uh she had to been like set in her late 70s and she would order the weirdest like a fettuccine alfredo uh a small pizza because she would order for like the next two days and then four cups of ice that she wanted with lids on it and saran wrapped and then wrapped in foil because i think she's like my my ice machine doesn't work and i was like okay and then like two sprites and the order was like wound up being like twenty something around twenty something bucks every time, and she'd just give you a crisp fifty dollar bill every time. Nice. And she, and I was like, I was like Rosa, and she'd want to talk for a little bit too. She's like, she's like, come sit down by me on the glider, and like we'd <laughs> talk for a little bit about who knows what. And she's real sweet, but 
I was like, where are you getting all these crisp 50s? She's like, I print them in the basement. And I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I kind of believed her. I was like, I mean, she has one every time. Like, hmm. I was like, she's probably got just a gets, stack of these. Probably like, just gets an envelope from yeah. the bank. That's my pizza money for the, the for the month. Business manager or <laughs> yeah. something. She's like, here you go. It was incredible. I was like, wow. Here you go. And here's super here's, interesting lady. Here's yeah. a list of restaurants you can order food from. <laughs> she loved it. Hey, you'd see Rosalie's address pop up. You're like, I'll take that. Oh man. Oh yeah. That's the that's the that's the good customers. Mm-hmm. And then you, know, you still work for tips. <laughs> Until I do. Uh, until the until the full touring comes back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do y'all have any like yes tour calendar's plans now? starting to fill back up. We're doing yeah. Green Hall on the 18th of this month, uh, going down there, and then we've got. Does, is that Austin? Or, uh, no? It's like uh, in that like New Braunfels area. Oh, okay. So um, and then we're doing uh, got an Austin date, and uh, we're doing the Wild Acre Brewery up here. They they just built the Fortress Fest that mm. that they have every year. Uh, built a huge stage back there. And they're uh, in, in lieu of having the festivals that they that last year and this year got canceled, obviously. So they're just having some of the artists that they were going to have on the festival oh, come okay, through nice. and play back there. So we're doing that on July third, and then got like a run up to Nashville, and so start starting to fill back up. So oh yeah, then, Ten- Tennessee and Kentucky will take we, it. We've yeah. got some uh, more European dates that are starting to fill in. So okay. nice. Hopefully, get to go back over there beginning of next year. So okay, good. Excited to get back over there. Yeah, I did. I'm glad. I, it's now was June 10th, 2021. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be like, so what's new? And you'd be yeah. like, nothing. Fuck you. Absolutely what? nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's been one be hell like, of a year. Same for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm wearing my Dirk Nowitzki Deutschland jersey right now. Oh, it's killer. Nice. Uh, Making me. One. I bought that for one week because the first two weeks. In Europe, we always played Germany the first two weeks. Oh, okay. And I was like, this is going to go for, like, gangbusters. I was like, and I would do, like, a reveal. Like, I would have, like, a jacket on. Okay, yeah. Like, a few songs into the set, I'd be like, hey, I'd like to thank you all for loaning us your seven-foot power forward (laughs) to uh, win the 2011 World Championship, like, the NBA title, uh, and then pop the jacket off. Let's see, I have the Deutschland Nowitzki jersey on. They go nuts. I was like, oh, that's well played. Could have could have farted in the microphone for the next hour after that, and they would have loved it. So they go to like, yeah, duck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they enjoyed that. Man, what has one thing like I very casual, very very casual uh, basketball fan, and I was, I was keeping up with the Mavs this year. Uh, but one thing I've noticed, man, there's got some sick fucking New Jerseys for a lot of teams. Yeah, they're doing that, they're, they're like the they do like the city versions, too, like the yeah. The uh, Mavs one wasn't too great. Kind of looked yeah. like, like a word art font of what someone yeah, from Microsoft thought graffiti looks like. Yeah, that one came out. But the the There's Phoenix Suns like, have one. That says the yeah. Valley, and I'm, I I like they're that cool. they're adopting the kind of like I, I didn't know like Phoenix city was nicknames the and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I had no idea. But I'm like they had some nice cool some cool jerseys ones like, out there. Yeah, the the they brought back the old green Mavericks jerseys. Yeah. Those are dope. I Which even like the white I'm and gold ones those. too. Like, yeah. It just they remind me of too much of when 2006. When we were terrible, like yeah. yeah. And, well, yeah. Then and yeah. then like oh, 2006, because my best friend is a huge Mavericks fan, and he they were like ramping up to the playoffs in 2006, and I was just kind of like, all right, teach me. Like who, all here. the people, all the people here, and I had a great time watching a lot of those playoff games. I remember being in an Outback Steakhouse in that first round against the Memphis Grizzlies, and that whole restaurant was going off. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so I got really into it. 
and we all know how that ended. Playoff basketball is fun. Playoff oh. sports are fun. Oh, they're so good. Playoff uh, hockey is great. That's why I was so thankful for the NFL last year because I was just uh, I was working at my job, but I wasn't working Sunday, so I was just like uh, I was watching football every Sunday. But then playoffs, I was just yeah. like, and there were some good playoff games. Yeah. Fucking Bills are good. That was that was weird, but but uh, I was like, okay, good, some good. Playoff football games. Playoff hockey. Playoff hockey is amazing. I know nothing about. I watch a hockey game. You can just I, hop in on the playoffs, too, exactly. if you don't know anything about. I don't know who's yeah. who. I don't know who's good because it's all, like, it's such a fluid game. It's hard to know, like, who's good uh, doing what. But when there's – it, one thing, like, 2020 sucked for with playoff hockey is that it's so intense because of that crowd. Yeah. That crowd and the play. And you can tell the play is intense, too. Yeah. And also, it doesn't matter who's playing. And then, holy shit, if it goes into overtime. Yeah. And you're like, you're just like. It's always a nail biter. I don't know anyone's yeah. name that's playing on either one of these teams. And I even forgot Columbus had a team. You yeah. know, just like <laughs> yeah. Winnipeg. Oh, yeah, that is a city. And you're just like, oh, my God. And you're just like, I don't know what it is, but you could tap into this primal feeling of yeah. something's about to blow right now. And it's, this is it's great. It's exciting. I, I love and basketball play can on. be like that when it's a good close game. Yeah. Wasn't last night for the Suns over the Nuggets. But, no. Uh, but I, I'm kind of rooting for the Suns, I guess. Yeah, they I, beat, I think it's just because of the uniforms. Yeah, and they got rid of the Lakers, so we're good. Yes, so. which I fucking really hate LeBron. I, I, root, I root for uh, whoever plays the Lakers. I, like, I hated LeBron because he's on that Mavs team in, in 2011. Yeah. But also, it, was not a residual, it wasn't a residual hate because it was like, we won. Cool. Yeah. All, I don't care anymore. That was fantastic. But seeing LeBron literally walk off the court... Uh, I think it was like game five or four of that of that Sun series. Like literally, like three, four, five minutes left. He's walking. I was just like, "You sir, are no professional. You're a fucking <laughs> prima donna piece of shit." And I don't care if celebrities talk. I don't really don't care what they talk about. It's no bearing on my life. I don't care. But I'm just like, ah, I really don't care if you're being su- a, a little bitch about it. It was literally yeah. a little bitch move. Just him walking. I'm like, I'm done. It was just kind of like. Your team's still... You love still, to see it, yeah. There's still time on the clock, and I love that he's shitting on his own reputation as his as He, his he definitely took, took it in the shorts over that big two-hour special he did, the decision, whenever oh, he was God. announcing that he's going to Miami. I was, that was an open that was hilarious. at a hotel in Dallas, and there was yeah. like 10 of us around this bar just kind of like, all right, do it. Just get to the fucking point. <laughs> yeah. But also, yeah, the fact that he even took it that far, just kind of like, just make the announcement. Fantastic. Oh, not one championship. Yeah. Not two. And I love how that was just like, what whoops. Do, oh, it's okay. Two? They yeah. got, I think they you got two sh- out of it. You shorted it by about five. God. Like, yeah. like don't. Like, like, Mark Cuban saying we ain't done yet. It was just kind of like, yeah, you probably are because uh, Tyson Chandler went and signed yeah. and got his money. And Jason Kidd's really old. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. do like, Mark, just be happy with what you did. We are done. We're getting we, back there yeah. now. We're getting back there. We got, yeah. We got to find the right pieces. And yeah. But Luca, it's crazy how we just kind of perfectly segued, yeah, from one superstar to the next. Pretty, pretty unbelievable. And now he's like a facilitator. Like Dirk was just, he's like, I can win this game if I need to. Yeah. But uh, you know, Devin Harris could probably do something. We can do. We got to have enough people around. But having Luca shooting and dishing, oh my god, that's, yeah, oh, that's so fun to watch. Yeah, he's um, he's incredible. And like those fucking deep ass threes. I logo threes. I'm like. I'm wondering if him and all, a lot of other guys are still doing that. I'm just like, huh, I don't know. Maybe make a four-point line. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get, like, the MTV Jock Jams games. Like, oh, like, oh, those are so good. Let's have, like, yeah. a, put, a, put a basket five foot above the other one, and let's see if we can start shooting for that one. Like, Something 
if I think if you do like a last ditch clock running down, if you shoot it from behind the half court line, I think that should be like five points. Yeah. Because that's just a circus shot anyways. Still three, yeah. but I'm like, if that goes in, that's fucking something, man. Yeah, that's way harder than from right from the line. Yeah. I'm and assuming. It's like, hey, y'all added a three-point line yeah. at some point. so Pop another one in there. Yeah, exactly. Let's, uh, I don't know, four-point line. Three and a half? I don't know. Uh, I don't want to get fractions. Get some uh, decimals. Not, not the hard fractions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, man, uh, sports at least... I think that kept a lot of us sane for a little bit. It came like baseball as terrible as the Rangers have been. At least the 60, 60 game like season last year, I was just like, oh, okay, because I wanted three things uh, last year. Like it sucked losing three things all at once: my job, comedy, and baseball. Yeah. So I'm just like, those are my three. Those are my three things. That's what I love. Well, I mean, I had to have a job. Like <laughs> comedy yeah. and baseball was also just that was more tragic and yeah. hit me deeper, but. I was like, oh. but then baseball came back, and I was already back to work then, and comedy kind of had things here and there. I was like, okay, good. Uh, I, I think I'll make it, make it through. Yeah. Of course, people had it. I don't like. I'm not adding that much drama to it because a lot of people had it much worse than I did. So. Yes, yeah, I mean I don't think it was great for anybody, but yeah, no. there's varying levels of. It's weird because like we all went suffering. through it. And it's yeah. just like, well, here's how I dealt with it, but I, I want to quantify it with. I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm fine. I was okay. Like, I, yeah. I, I have to acknowledge it was way worse for most other people. And now we have the fun part of seeing how all that trauma is going to manifest itself right? over the oh. rest of our lifetime. So Yeah. Like that. And then on top of people's already existing uh, yeah. problems, which I think a lot of it can be solved with a lot of people logging off social media every once in a while. Sure. But they will never do that. No, it's. That like, ship has sailed. Even I know. I'm like, I'm spending too much time on my phone. I'm just, I'm gonna put it in the other room. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna do something mentally healthy and just watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> that that still fucked us up, but only so much. Yeah. I mean, we were just watching TV shows and commercials and movies, and then at least Netflix. It was, it was like streaming. I don't think as humans we're supposed to have uh, contact with this many people. Exactly. Like I don't think we're we're mentally capable of it. And it's it. so like, surface level. Uh, like I guess the word facsimile fits yeah. in here because it's like, uh, and the fact that Facebook is like I'm friends with kind of like no I'm friends yeah. with, I can name them. Like you don't know you. five thousand people like you're like, like yeah like oh and then it's like even that like like MySpace had it best. It's like put your top eight in there. Yeah. And I'm just like I do have a top eight. Uh oh, this might piss off my top nine and ten, but whatever. I'll I'll deal with that. Yeah. Like uh, there's no reason I should be able to like send out one tweet and reach five thousand people. But at the same time, I can order a sausage biscuit to my apartment at four in the morning. So, like, there's a give and take there. Like, that's uh, <laughs> fine, but that doesn't <laughs> like that doesn't require you interacting yeah. with all these people you exactly. kind of know and you know way too much. Technology's about. great and a, a gift and a curse. I hate knowing too much about people I barely know. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like <laughs> that's the thing is like if I don't know you, then I don't know your problems. But that's fine because that's how most people operate in yeah. life. You know your oversharing you know, is encouraged you know, and oh, incentivized. I love the manic, crazy post that's deleted the next morning. Yeah, and I'm just like screen cap for my own fun. Oh, I have right a there. I have a thing on my Twitter that deletes all my tweets that are older than two weeks. Damn, that's smart. I don't want people pulling receipts. Like, I think I might drop it down to one week i don't know like, yeah because that could <laughs> reflect badly on the band and yeah. all that and so like at least with comedy i can be like oh yeah i don't know what i was thinking there <laughs> like when was that oh nine like wait i didn't have a twitter then or yeah. something i remember 
I had a Facebook memory, someone like, you know, someone comments on something and it's just like literally from like 10 years ago. I like someone did that and I saw that I had posted like a word I don't say anymore. Uh-oh. The the F word. Uh-oh. And I was just like, oh, damn, I'm going to delete that. Yeah. Just because like. I was just like, I just, ooh, I don't want that to exist anymore because I don't say that. Yeah, I got like, rid. Of, I got rid of the Facebook because I was just like, I'm so, I'm so envious. This one's, this one's not great. Yeah, like, not uh, my favorite. I wish I could, but as a comedian, yeah. I'm like, I should. The keep demographic it. there is not, not my wheelhouse. Yeah. So, I and mean, you got Twitter, so got, got the Twitter, which, which sucks in its own ways, but yeah. at least it's not, it's less personal, which is yeah. good. I use it for jokes and news. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Which, like, which is fine. Which is how just, I, which is what I have to use Twitter, Instagram, and it's Facebook. It's a little more easy for, to but, curate uh, uh, what you see on Twitter. Like Facebook, they're like, I don't know, like you just get everything. Like Twitter, I can kind of whittle it down to who I'm following, and it's like only funny people and like reputable news sources. Yeah. Like kind of whittle it down to that. So. I, I would love to delete my Facebook where I don't have to see my, uh, gay great uncle like he's, he's really cool and very well traveled but he shared a meme he's very liberal but he shared a meme of literally like obama and bush hugging and a couple other like he's like back when things were civil and everything i'm just like oh yeah when the war criminals just hugged each other yeah. and we were all okay with and like I, i'm like i didn't comment or anything but yeah. i was just kind of like oh don ah uh, like you're really rad and i would love to get to know you better but I'm just like, like Bush yeah, the, and Obama are war criminals. <laughs> I wanted to the reedification like, <laughs> of Bush is one of the most mind blowing things to me. It's like apparently, you send a bunch of kids to die at war. All you have to do is paint pictures of them with that missing limbs, and then you're fine. Hated, and like you know, like hated all that. When that, that like I was sitting with I, Ellen, does, I was just like, Good, fuck them both. Then does does no one realize how supremely messed up it is that like George Bush paints pictures of soldiers that he's responsible for, like. It's literally These terrible, tragic accidents. It's literally and like, like a, a actually not accidents going that, through therapy yeah. and working. That's 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 mind blowing to it, me. It, like, but it's like therapy, so we have to be like, oh, good for him. And I'm like, no, no, we don't. He, he was Cheney's puppet this and was, Rumsfeld's puppet. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, puppets that's, don't get forgiveness. Yeah. He, he knows he's a puppet, and oh, that's one thing I'm just like, oh, he's so nice. And like if, if, if Weinstein like, starts doing, you know, like, uh, you know, lithographs of like all of the <laughs> women that he terribly accosted, or are you gonna like give him a free pass? Like, well, first they'll start with the plants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, good grief. And something that looks like an egg. Apparently, you're like, what is that? Oh, gross. No, that's yeah. his, that's his dick. Oh. Yeah, I'm just like, no. Uh. And yeah, Facebook just. It's, it's the TMI of social media. Oh, yeah. I wish I could delete them all, but I'm like, uh, I'm, I've been doing comedy for too long, and I still want to do it. Uh, I guess I'll just have to do enough to get so popular I can just have someone else take care of them. Yeah. <laughs> or just have one of them and be like, here's my shows. And it'll be like, oh, my God, shows. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh. But the you know you can't be Dave Chappelle. So our management runs our Facebook, so I don't have to Damn. ever even look at it. Like yeah, part of me sometimes I'm just like I need to hit up Sam. Could I go through Facebook Messenger? I'm like I'll try him on Twitter. I'm <laughs> good because it yeah. wouldn't get you. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't look at that ever. Like it, and it, it does feels great. No good. No, it does. Oh, my girlfriend does TikTok now, and I'm just like oh god, oh you know it's and I hate the the ultra preachy 
I hate the cadence, the video, the TikTok and YouTube cadence, how it's like edited in this weird way. Yeah. That's what I like about podcasts because everyone can follow along to the natural rhythm of a conversation. Yeah. But like when you have this, I wish I knew, I'll never do this to myself, but like you watch enough YouTube videos that are edited to take out every little pause. Yeah. In TikTok, it's that, but in smaller segments. But I'm just like, that rhythm, I swear that's fucking with people's brains. Oh, yeah. Like, Definitely like, cutting down on your attention span. Like, yeah. But somebody sent me TikTok leggings to my apartment. Are you aware of TikTok leggings? I am not. Google it right now on your phone. Okay. TikTok leggings. TikTok leggings. It's basically these, these leggings that they have like a little cinch, like right where the crack is in your ass. And it basically makes everyone look like they have a full-on dumper. Like, and I just made it. I think I made a joke on Twitter. I still have no idea who sent these to me. What? But, uh, oh, these are just ass pants. Yeah. Oh, wow. Somebody sent them to me, and I gave them a a try on, and they are offensive. Like, (laughs) not for me to be wearing really in private or public. Like, um, but yeah, somebody sent them to, somebody sent them to, I live above a Mexican food restaurant right now, Mm. which, I feel like the older I get, I'm becoming a caricature of myself. But uh, they just sent them to the restaurant, like they, and then the one of the workers came up there and was like, "We got a package delivered for you." And I opened it up. I was like, "What? Who in the hell sent me TikTok leggings?" <laughs> like I still don't know who did it. Like, great, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. But they're probably not going to leave the drawer. Well, I guess the internet can be fun in some way. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I, I would have taken a pizza, but okay. Yeah, leaves nothing to the imagination. But the front situation is no good. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is mashed up. There's How many lumps yeah. are in there? That's Oh, fourth love. That's that's yeah. concerning. Yeah, I think I get put on a list if I wore those out in public. <laughs> like, I have to go around and tell my neighbors whenever I move to a new place. Or you could walk like, into the right bar at the right time and win a contest. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? They reopen Spencer's. Maybe. I, I don't know. Oh, shit. Oh, those are the days. Oh. Were you ever a mall rat of any kind? Kind of. I mean, that was like... You Definitely when they interest. when Tilt was in Northeast Mall and like okay. uh, the arcade was that your mall? Yeah, that was the one. The there was Northeast Mall and then North Hills Mall, which is like kind of like the tier two mall. Okay. But uh, uh, yeah, that was we we definitely go hang out at the mall. Like all my friends, a lot of my friends worked at like clothes like American Eagle or mm, yeah. Spencer's or Abercrombie or something like that. So. I was never uh, good looking enough in high school to get hired at Abercrombie, <laughs> like uh, at coming in like hot at five foot two and like still look like I was eleven years old. That's I'm not really lucky the, to get an interview at Fast Forward. Not really so. the brand that they were looking for. While well, they got like guys standing in their boxers with Santa hats on and Christmas at the front <laughs> of the store, like didn't really fit that mo for them. So I didn't realize that was a thing until uh, that uh, Seth Rogen movie with Zac Efron. Yeah, I was just like, that's because I guess the Abercrombies I've seen, I guess, weren't really near me. Maybe occasionally go to like the Galleria, but they didn't have like just a hunk standing outside. It was like that. I think the Abercrombie there was almost like it was like a club entrance. Like you kind of couldn't see. Yeah, the inside. music's super loud and like it's dark. You can't even see yeah, what clothes exactly. you're buying. Like it was yeah. dark, so it's just kind of like ooh, come in this mysterious. Clothing it's expensive place. as like, hell too. I'm like, like, yeah, I know what's in there. I'm good. We had a guy at our high school that was like always kind of like this dorky dude, and then. Uh, he got hired at Abercrombie to stand in his boxers, like one of those guys in front, and then everyone realized that this guy's like yoked and like, like super ripped, and like they're <laughs> like, oh well, Ian's kind of hot now, like, and I was like, like a definitely a cheese all that moment for oh, him, yeah. so <laughs> it definitely went to his head. He didn't handle it well, so. <laughs> well, 
thanks. Well, thank you, Abercrombie. I mean, I don't think I would have either. Yeah. Like, uh, it's too much power. Yeah. Where are we at? I like looking at this thing. All right, man. Well, uh, I'm ready to wrap up if you are. Yeah. You know, that sounds we're good. getting baked by the sun. Yeah. Uh, sun's starting to hit us. Yeah. That's how. Spring's how over. Good. Summer's here. So. Yeah. It's uh, driving shirt I'm season. I'm surprised we made it this far outside. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I mean, likely there's fans and a breeze. Yeah. So that was a. Uh, but one day I will I will do a podcast in air conditioning. Yeah. One day. <laughs> Which maybe I take technically the first one, but there's only so much a air conditioning unit in a shed can. And it was yeah. fine. It was also rainy and muggy, but uh, you know, Dustin's setup still sweet. But, yeah. Uh, until then. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Uh, thanks for having else? me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. This oh, is yeah. a you're exactly the type of the type of people I want to I want to get on this thing. Hell yeah! Let's go see Eddie and JT. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, and anyone listening, you will not hear this in time to know about the show. But maybe if you are at the show and you still listen to this. I was going to let be... you know they were hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we've seen them before. <laughs> they knocked them dead. <laughs> and they're very grateful for doing comedy again. So yeah. am I. And so will Sam B. For you seeing him solo and or uh, with the Quaker City Nighthawks. Who, uh, do you have like a new album or anything? Uh, working on one right now. Okay, cool. As we speak. So, yeah. All right, good. Need them tunes. I swear, uh, that one song. Fuck. Not cut the line? No. Cast the line? Cast the line. Yeah. Fucking, I don't know what That's is that song. One. I love it. It's not, and I love your heavy shit too. Yeah. But man, that song was just kind of, it, it was, the first time I heard it, I was like putting you guys on shuffle on Spotify. And I was just like, that was so fucking catchy. <laughs> yeah. I need to hear that a few more times. Dave's got hooks. Dave's oh, got yeah. hooks. Yeah. We'll yep. keep the hooks coming, man. Yeah, Thank you so do. much, dude. Thank you. Right. 